Hey friends, welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and I am genuinely so excited that you are tuning in today. Wild Hearts is for those who are passionate about diving deep, keeping it real, reclaiming their passions, and getting after the things that they were made to do without apology. In each episode, I sit down with a fellow Wild Heart to talk about life, travel, faith, and everything in between. So let's dive in. Hello, hello, my friends. You guys, welcome to another episode of Wild Hearts. So glad you're here. I do not want to take up too much time off the top because if you've seen the title of this episode, you know that it is all about traveling with kids. And that is something I know basically nothing about because I'm single and I don't have children. So I know though a lot of my friends and people who follow me on Instagram and send me DMs have asked questions specific to traveling with kids. And rather than assume I know because I clearly do not, I reached out to some of my friends near and far to ask for them to share their wisdom, their insights, their tips and tricks for traveling with kids. So I got a ton of responses from some of my really good friends, um, and I can't wait to share it with you guys today. This episode might be a little bit longer, but I promise it is worth listening through. If you need a little bit of encouragement, um, some tips, some tricks, whatever it is you need because you're planning to prepare for traveling with kids, whether you're staying here in the States or choosing to take an international trip. My friends have done it all and they have learned a lot along the way. So without further ado, let's dive in. First up is my friend, Stephanie Mae Wilson. You've heard her here on this podcast and I've also been on her podcast, Girls Night. So let's tune in to Stephanie. Hi, I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm an author and a podcaster and a speaker and a mom of twin babies, Annie and Quinn. They are 15 months old, and I'm also a passionate traveler. I love traveling with truly everything in me, and so one of my big fears actually in having kids was that I wouldn't be able to travel anymore. Um, people assured me that I could travel with babies and um, basically ever since they were born I've been trying to prove to myself that those people were right that we really can do this. Um, One of my favorite memories from this last year was that we took our babies on a trip to Mexico for a week. Uh, We went with some some friends and um, we felt pretty crazy uh, taking two 10-month-olds to a foreign country. And I will say getting their passports was an, a bit of an adventure. Get that but way ahead of time. It took way longer than I was thinking it would. Um, but it was so worth it. They loved it and so did we. And it was just this incredible time of making memories as a family. And so when it comes to traveling with kids, um, I'm still new with this, but I'm right in the thick of learning how to do this. Um, and the first thing I'll say is to do it early and do it often. Um, it feels really intimidating. I was really intimidated to take our babies even out of the house for the first time, but actually our, our twins were born a little bit early. And so we had a lot of pediatrician appointments when they were first born, um, like one every week. And I'm really grateful for this one because our pediatrician like taught us how to be parents. She was amazing. Um, but also because I think if we hadn't had that reason to get out of the house so often when they were tiny, I probably would have been like, they would have been 16 and I would have been nervous to take them out of the house. Only a slight exaggeration. Um, but getting your kids packed up and taking them places is really intimidating. And so I'm grateful that we had to like do it and do it early. And so 
trips to the pediatrician and packing everything up and getting everyone in the car and, you know, going someplace that turned into trips to grandparents' houses or friends' houses. And then um, that made us bold enough to go to the farmer's market. And all of those experiences added up to the point where we were um, felt confident enough or almost confident enough to take them to the airport and get on a plane and and go visit. First, we went to see my family and then we went to Mexico. Um, And I just am really grateful for that practice because without it, um, we, I, I think I just really would have been so intimidated at the prospect. And so I'd say do it early, do it often, start small and have those experiences build on each other. And it really is amazing. Like if you can take kids to a farmer's market, you can take kids to an airport. It's not that different. Um, another thing I'd say is to make a master packing list on your phone or on your computer. I did this and wanted, and I made it so thorough that like, I wanted to just have to do it once. And so I did, and I've used it every single time we've gone anywhere. Um, and the list changes depending on the girl's needs, but I'm so glad that I don't have to start from scratch because I would forget everything if that, if I had to start from scratch. And on that packing list, I'll mark things as like, this will buy there, or this will borrow when we're there, or this will bring with us. Um, and that's the brings me to the second thing. Uh, if you can ship things to your destination, do that, or have them delivered once you're there, or buy them once you're there. Um, that makes it so much easier to pack when you're not bringing like a giant thing of diapers. Um, another thing is, if you can, if you can afford it, get a seat for your kids on the airplane. Um, our girls aren't two yet, so technically we could have them on our laps, but even at 10 months old, or I mean, even I think their first trip, they were eight months old. It, it was a lot to have them on our laps. They We were sweating, trying to kind of keep them happy and keep them occupied. It, it just is kind of chaos. And so ever since then, we've had seats for the girls and it has made a huge, huge difference because they're able to kind of play in their car seat. The girls love to like, crawl around in them and peek over the seats. Um, I'm sure our neighbors love us. Um, but also, uh, it makes it so they have a really good nap spot and if they can nap, then so can you. Um, so it's expensive, but if you can get your kids a seat on the airplane, especially if you're going far, um, if you have a baby, this is like, just trust me on this one. If you have a baby who takes a bottle of formula, there are these bottles called pop yum. Um, it's P O P uh, Y. Uh, um pop yum and you can get them on amazon and it's a way for you to be able to make bottles ahead of time but you don't pre-mix the formula so you have to worry about it spoiling it like keeps it separate and then with one hand you squeeze a little thing and you can shake it up and you have a bottle made with one hand which when you have twins <laughs> makes all the difference um, and so if you have a baby and you're trying to go someplace and they take bottles with formula just trust me pop yum bottles they are amazing Um, And then the last thing I'd say is that you can do this. It feels super scary. I'm the very first to say that, Um, but it gets easier with practice. And um, it's amazing that you get to find out that your kids and you are way more adaptable than you can even imagine. And the family members that you make together are so worth it. And next up is my friend, Michelle. She's basically like family to me and I would trust her with my life. So here's Michelle. I'm happy to share with you what I've learned um, traveling with an infant over the past 12 months. First of all, I would say um, it's been really important for me to shift my expectations on what is possible. Um, Traveling with a baby is just more complicated and there's no way around that. Um, I am a super light packer and that just can't be the same when you're traveling with another small human. 
Um, so travel is, is, I would say definitely really possible. It just is very different than traveling either by myself or with other adults. Um, so honestly, I felt pretty anxious the first few times we traveled with Micah. Um, but one of the things that helped me the most was spending a lot of time preparing and packing and thinking through like different scenarios. Um, so that I felt like we were prepared. So it was really helpful to first think through just kind of all the normal daily things that Micah needs when we're at home. Um, so like all the things related to eating and sleeping and playing and diaper changes, etc. Um, and then really just to make a list of all those supplies that I use on a daily basis. And then once all those are down on paper, um, then I can think through kind of each one um, and what things I need to bring along versus things that we can maybe just do without or things that I could pick up when we arrive at our destination. So um, on that note, I've actually found that it's actually way easier if we have space to bring along our own diapers, formula, etc., cetera, um, because that's a lot easier than having to like find a grocery store or whatever when we arrive um, and just to have those things already with us. Um, a couple of other tips that have been really helpful. So I didn't know this early on, but um, airlines actually let you check things like car seats and strollers for free. Um, so we've definitely taken advantage of that, especially when Micah has been so little. Um, and while he's still like, we still don't have to pay for a ticket for him because he can be a lap infant until he's two. Um, so we, you know, when we check in for a flight, um, we can just drop off the car seat, um, or check it right away. And that is super helpful because then you don't have to like carry it through, um, security or through the airport. Um, I would say if you're traveling on a flight, um, snacks are really our go-to distractors. Um, but we've also had some success and people have like really recommended some simple things like bringing a roll of tape along or post-it notes. Um, and then of course being open to more screen time than you maybe normally are. Um, another thing is that hotels pretty much always have pack and plays or cribs that you can request, um, for your room for your baby to sleep in. Um, so that's super helpful that you don't necessarily have to travel with those things, um, if you don't want to. Um, and then we've also found like you can filter um, your searches on Airbnb or Verbo so that they have baby stuff available. Um, the last thing that I would recommend um, is packing a little emergency kit with all the things that you probably don't usually use, but also definitely want to have with you in case something happens. Um, so like infant Tylenol, uh, diaper rash cream. I know I use some essential oil, so I bring those or some nasal spray. Um, so, you know, we don't often use those things in the day to day, but we definitely want easy access to them in case we do need them while we're traveling and are not in our regular space. Honestly, such great advice. All right, guys, next up is a dear friend of mine. We actually went to college together and eventually lived together here in Nashville years and years ago. This is my friend, Catherine. So traveling with kids is something that I think a lot of people are intimidated by. Um, and I don't think it's something that you need to be. I remember when we had our first child, someone said to us that instead of it ruining our lives, that they just get to be a part of the adventure. And so we've kind of taken that to heart. Um, my husband and I, we have two kids um, and we have traveled multiple times to California 
to Maine. Uh, we took our daughter when she was 11 months old to Italy. And we recently just took both of our children um, to Jamaica. Now, both of our kids our, are three. Our kids are three and one. So we've flown with them. Genevieve started flying our oldest at two months. Um, and then Oliver uh, much later because he was born during COVID. So, but we've traveled, we've driven with them, we've done lots of things with them. So I've learned, I, I'm trying to do like my top 10 piece of advice, um, traveling with kids. My biggest piece of advice is snacks. Bring all the snacks, so many snacks, like more snacks than you think you're going to need. Just snacks on snacks on snacks and literally anything goes that day, right? So if they're only eating goldfish and they're only eating goldfish, like you just need to, you know, survival at its finest. Like you just want to travel and not have two crying kids or however many kids you have. Now, if you have kids that are like school aged and you have kids that are, you know, I grew up traveling. And so for that, like you can have activities and you can have activity books and you can have, um, like we had our own backpacks filled with stuff and we had things that we only got when we traveled, um, when we got older. And I'm talking like for toddlers, snacks are the way to go because if they're cranky, give them a snack. The other thing I would say is get a new toy for the plane that, and don't give your child the toy until they get on the plane because it's new, it's fun, and it will keep their attention long enough for you to get settled. Um, gate check your strollers. I prefer to travel with an umbrella stroller. So we travel with one umbrella stroller and a carrier and we just kind of rotate the kids. If I were to fly by myself with our three-year-old and our one-year-old, I would. that's how I would travel. I would travel with the umbrella stroller and the carrier, um, our ergo. And so it's easy for each kid to um, take turns in either or walk, one walk, one ride, vice versa. Make sure you gate check that once you get to your gate. Um, sometimes if you don't need it at your layover, you can gate check it um, all the way through. Um, that being said, layovers are your friend. I used to hate layovers, right? Flying when you're younger, layovers are, when you have younger kids, layovers are your friend. Again, if you have school-aged children, layovers aren't as necessary. They're fine, but they're not as needed because they're able to sit for longer periods of time. But if you have kids that are like five and under, layovers are probably your best bet. Allowing them to have a chance to get up, to get their wiggles out, to run around, super important. We try to make sure we have a layover that lasts at least two hours so that our kids have time to run and play and like get all those wiggles out. So layovers for sure. Um, the other thing is if you have younger children, put like diapers, extra blankets, sound machine, all that stuff in the car seat cover. Make sure you get a car seat cover. So when you check your car seat, it's protected, but, and you can find those on Amazon and they're worth every penny because a lot of them, they can also be backpacks. So you can like strap them on your back. But when you check your bags, also check your car seats and put extra stuff. Like we always have diapers, sound machine, and blanket in their car seat covers. And it's literally free luggage. They Your, your car seat, no matter what airline you fly, car seats check for free. They are not considered like a piece of luggage that you would have to pay for. So that being said, use that to your advantage. We've always put extra stuff in our car seats. It works out great. Um, 
if you have younger kids like I do, I always make sure that my carry-on has doubles as the diaper bag. So my carry-on has the snacks. It also has the stuff that I need for me, um, like my wallet, my iPad, all those different things that would keep me entertained. Um, But I also make sure I have snacks, extra diapers. And then I have each of my kids have their own little backpack. And that little backpack is filled with toys, some snacks, books, um, lots of things that's going to keep them entertained that I can continuously pull out throughout different times. And I don't give them everything all at once. You know, it's like, oh, you want a book? Here's a book. Oh, you're bored of that book? Here's another book. You know, use it sparingly. You want to keep their attention. Again, if you have older kids, they can wear their own backpacks. You know, get a rolly backpack if you'd rather. But it's easy. Make sure they have their own backpack um, with filled with books, uh, activities. Um, our daughter is just now getting into the place where like coloring books, sticker books, all those things are enjoyable for her. So traveling with her is actually becoming very easy. <laughs> um, make sure you have lollipops or gum for takeoff and landing so that their ears, um, cause that pressure can sometimes be hard for kids and that just allows their, um, ears to pop if need be. Um, if you have a kid under the age of two, I would suggest having some sort of carrier to help you get on and off the plane. If the only reason you bring a carrier is to get on and off the plane, I highly recommend it. It is so much easier to be able to strap them in, have your hands free, especially if you're traveling with multiples to have your hands free, to be able to like get things on and off. Um, so highly recommend a carrier for getting on and off the plane. Make sure when you're going through security, if you do not have TSA pre-check to have shoes that get on, come on and off easily, shoes that your toddlers or your children can get on and off by themselves, especially if you have young ones that are under the age of two, just making sure that they have that. Overall, it all comes down to you know what your kids need, you know what's going to keep them entertained, you just want to have extras of everything. So if your kids are older, you know, three, four, five, and up, you can have coloring books, sticker books, all of those things that's going to keep them excited. If you have younger kids under the age of two, it gets a little trickier. That's where you need the toys. That's where you need the shows maybe that are downloaded on your phone, the things that are going to keep them entertained because their attention span is super small. So anytime that you can get up and move, whether it's over a layover or on the flight, um, that's super important. But overall, don't let traveling with kids intimidate you from doing it. I highly recommend doing it. It's an amazing experience. Is it stressful? Yes. Is it worth it? 100%. So I hope this was helpful. Yes, so helpful. All right, you guys. Next up is my friend from the UK, so all the way across the Atlantic. We met back in California when her and her family were living there, and we also got to hang out when I was in Europe just a few years ago. So this is my friend, Kat. Hi, my name is Kat, and I live in the UK. My son is now 12, so he's not little at all. Um, But when he was little, we lived in California, which is how I met Janine. Um, Trying to think about things that worked really well on those endless long-haul flights back to the UK and back to California. I think one thing that worked well was buying little things and wrapping them up and giving them to to Arthur every hour or so. We would go to Target, like stock up on their $1 things, wrap them up in paper and every hour on the hour we would just give him something new and it kept him entertained and it didn't have to be big and glamorous and expensive. It was just something to keep his brain going. The other things that spring to mind were really 
a mindset when he was little. If you have the funds and you want to travel, I would say don't hesitate to do so while they're little. They get free flights until they're two. That's incredible. Make the most of that because it will never be that good again, trust me. Um, So make the most of those flights and do what you can, even though I would say that once they start walking from that age until about two, it can be quite tricky on flights because they want to be on the move and you have to, you know, restrain them for quite a lot of it. So it can be a bit tricky, but it's totally worth it when you get there. The other thing I would say is that I heard and saw lots of parents saying, no, we're not going to do a big trip now because they'll never remember it. We want to wait till they're older and they do remember it. And I would say, no, just go. You're still a person in your own right. You, If you want to travel, if it brings you joy and you have the funds to do that, absolutely travel. They may not remember it, but it's still worthwhile for you. And I would say, you know, we went to Japan when my son was three. We had three weeks, I think, in Japan. And technically, I think he is too young to remember it. But because we had such a good time and he we took loads of photographs and we have lots of stories that we tell in our family about that time he still remembers that trip even though I think technically he probably doesn't but he still remembers it talks about it it's kind of family legend so even though they might be too young in inverted commas they're not absolutely go and make the most of it um and I would use them as well as ways of making friends abroad I think Japan was a really good example of that I don't speak Japanese so many Japanese people don't speak English but having a very cute little boy kind of smiling and making faces at people on the on the tube and on the underground was was a really good way of breaking the ice and meeting the people even if all you can do is smile so I would take them traveling make the most of it have an amazing time and use them to make friends I hope that's helpful and bonus, Kat, being the angel that she is, also shared some tips and tricks in terms of actively traveling with your kids, being active while you travel. So here are some of those. I thought I'd come at this from a slightly different angle and talk about active travel. We are quite an outdoorsy family. We're quite sporty, although not particularly good at sport, just very enthusiastic about doing outdoorsy things. So it was important to us that our son also enjoyed and participated in kind of active travel. Things like hiking, cycling, those kind of um, camping, those kind of things. So I think um, my hints and tips would be start straight away. Like we took our son camping when he was about six months old. And we would have done it earlier, except that we were living in the UK and he was born in November. And so it was freezing, so we couldn't do it. But start straight away, get them used to it. If you're camping with a baby, the first night will be horrific. The second night will be much, much better. So just stick it out. Um, So yeah, get them used to it straight away, get them outdoors, get them in the fresh air, get them used to active travel, that kind of thing. And I would say as well, we we, um, encouraged our son to start hiking in quite a structured way. We started when he was maybe three, I think, in local parks, local um, country parks. And we shamelessly bribed him with ice cream. We had a deal right from the start that if he hiked without moaning and groaning, he would get an ice cream at the end of it, no matter how hard, you know, how far we'd hiked. And we did that for many, many years. And he still kind of asks for it now when he's 12, although not quite as consistently. I remember one hike we did in Oregon and it was about six miles. It was a good couple of hours hike for a little one. And afterwards, my son, who must have been about six at the time, the ice cream that he got was literally as big as his head. It was a proper American-sized ice cream. It was huge. And I had such parental guilt that I was feeding my son crap. Um, but do you know what? He still loves hiking now. And I think it was totally worth it. So whatever you need to do to bribe your child to enjoy an outdoor activity, absolutely do that. Um, and I would say as well, just set that culture of 
you know, we are going to go and do these things. We're going hiking. We used to do hide and seek. We used to call it hunger games. He had no idea. Um, so my husband went redhead and hide behind a tree. And then my son and I would like run along and try and find him and catch him. And then there were shrieks of delight afterwards. So turn your hikes into games. Another thing that worked really well was um, getting those Easter eggs that you put like sweets inside for Easter. And again, the same kind of thing. My husband would grab an Easter egg, not necessarily with a sweet in it, but run ahead and hide one. And then my son would have to find it. And so you can kind of bring those hikes to light, particularly when they're little, and make them a really fun, almost like treasure hunt. Geocaching was an excellent way of getting my son to hike or to cycle from place to place and look for geocaches. So that was a really good thing too. So I would say make it fun, reward liberally despite your kind of desires to feed your child nutritious food, and then make it fun, reward them, and then just make it part of your family culture. And it really does pay off. This summer, my son, my husband and I are cycling 600 miles through France over a couple of weeks. And I think that's all part of, you know, the culture that we built in our family. If this is what we do as a family, and he actually really enjoys it now and he's got a new bike, so he's thrilled. Anyway, good luck traveling with your children. Amazing. Such great tips so far, you guys. But we're not done yet. I've got more amazing friends with more wisdom to share with you. Here is my friend, Natalie, who is also like a sister to me. She has done a lot of international travel with her little ones, and I can't wait for you guys to get to learn from her. Here we go. A couple things that we learned along the way for baby specifically is you actually have to request the bassinet um, on the plane. We thought because we had put that she was a newborn that they would just give it to us and we learned that the hard way. So you have to call your airline and tell them and you have to request it. Um, and that bassinet is a game changer. She slept her first seven hour stretch on a plane um, and it was amazing. Um, and then also just some really simple stuff. Obviously when the, you take off baby's ears can, you know, have difficulties with the, uh, altitude. So nursing for takeoff and for landing. And then I also brought way more diapers than normal because they get super gassy on the plane sometimes and have some blowouts. And so I went through diapers like way more quickly because of that. Um, so that's really simple stuff for babies. But for the toddler is where I had to do like a ton of research on how to best prepare Kinlay for a, let's see, we went to India. It was a two and a half hour flight, stayed there for a night, like 18 hours. And then we went to, uh, yeah, to the U.S., which was a 15 hour flight. Um, and so she did phenomenal on the flight. And I really think it's because we prepared her well. She didn't do so hot in the airport, but we were like, we'll take what we can get. So a couple things I did to prepare. One is a countdown chain. So I started a countdown chain like two weeks before we left. And every day we would take off one of the chains. And when we would take off one of the chains, we would look at this chart that I had her decorate with me and color with me. And on the chart, I had listed out an order of everything we were going to do. So first was we're going to get in the car and we're going to drive to the airport. And then we're going to get in the plane. And then we're going to go in India. And then we'll go to a hotel. And then we'll get back on a plane. And then when we get off the plane, like Grammy and Pops will be there. And so I, we just drew pictures of all of that. And so every time she would brush her teeth and I'd say, oh, it's time to take off a chain. And we would run and take off the chain. And then we would go through the whole thing. And uh, once she was old enough to like verbalize, she was old enough to verbalize. So she would start saying like what we would do. And I think that really helped prepare her. Um, and then another thing I did to help prepare her was we did plane practice. So I just got a cardboard box and we colored on it and we told her it was the plane and she would get in the plane and I would shake it and say, we're doing takeoff and put on your seatbelt. And then 
I would like move it up, up, up and shake it really hard. And, and then I would say, okay, now you can take off your seatbelt. Now we're going to have snacks and we would practice. Here's your snacks. Here's your water. Okay. Now you go to sleep. And then we would practice landing too. And I would shake it and move it downwards. And we did that like every day for a month. Um, because I, she's a really cautious and scared kid. At least she used to be, she's not anymore. Um, and we thought she was going to be like ballistic on the plane ride and she did so, so well. So another thing that we did was I ordered some things from, you know, Amazon or various different places ahead of time, had them ship all the way to Bhutan. And so I had this little like bag of distractions that were brand new that she had never seen that she would get sporadically throughout the plane. So one of the things I got was this buckling toy cause she was super into buckles and literally she loved it and just played with buckles over and over again and buckled things and unbuckled things and rebuckled things. Um, I had some like window decals, so like frozen, what are they called? Color forms, I think, yeah. where they can go on the window and you can save them. It's really great, like better than the traditional stickers because you don't have to worry about her ruining things with the stickers and they just go on the windows. They can come off. You can save them for later. Um, and then... Um, like what else did I have? Just some random different gifts. So I would bring something else. Oh, actually my sister got a Kindle fire for us for her second birthday. Um, but I didn't want to really give it to Kinley because we're pretty limited on the screen time we give her. She gets 10 minutes a day, but we whipped out the Kindle fire, um, on the plane and introduced it to her on the plane. And still that's the only time she's ever seen the Kindle fire. And when we go back on the plane, she'll see it again. Um, and so, yeah, just had different little gifts and distractions for her. You know, some would last like five minutes, some would last 10 minutes, but it was helpful. And then same thing with snacks would pull out tons of different snacks. Um, the flight attendants were also super nice and gave us like extra snacks for Kinley, um, which was super nice. Um, and then I think the other only couple things with, uh, the planes for kids is, screen time we just made a rule like she can watch pretty much as much as she wants because we are going to need it and so we just didn't limit screen time and thankfully for her since she's not used to having it that much she really couldn't do more than like I think she watched all of Frozen in three installments which is a lot in one day for her but um yeah she didn't really want too much of it but we just said, if you're on the plane, you get screen time. And then one helpful tip was just have really low expectations on naps and sleep. And so that was helpful for us. We just counted it a victory if she slept at all. And, um, which was good because she did not sleep super great. She did a three hour nap, had seven hours awake and then another three hour nap. And so we just counted that as a victory. Other things that are non-plane related. So uh, Dave and I are big fans of putting uh, Kinley to sleep in the bathroom. At a lot of hotels, you can request a pack and play. But we'll bring a pack and play and we'll put it in a bathroom <laughs> and put her sound machine in there. And um, we'll even like get pillows to hide all the light and make it really dark. And we'll put her to sleep in there. Sometimes if it's like in the middle of winter and we have one heater, we'll put the heater in the bathroom to make it nice and warm for her. Um, but that to some people is crazy, but to us it's so helpful because then we have a space where we can talk. If we want to stay up and watch a movie, we can because the reality is she goes to sleep at seven. And so if we're putting her to sleep at seven and she's in our same room, we can't really do anything. But if she's in the bathroom, then we just have to sneakily 
go to the toilet or we can use like I often use the lobby in the toilet um until you know right before I go to bed um so that is something that has seriously been a lifesaver we will look at hotels and only stay at hotels that have big enough bathrooms for our pack and play um and we like choose the same places to go back to um because we know that Kinley can sleep in the bathroom so we can have more freedom after she goes to bed um, and then just bringing familiar stuff for the nighttime routine. So, um, if she sleeps with a sound machine or a sleep sack, if she has a favorite stuffed animal and books, like just to bring some of those things to have familiarity, um, and have the same nighttime routine. Um, and then another thing that Dave and I do is we, um, we have sometimes stayed in places where our monitor won't reach to, say the restaurant. So if we're staying in a hotel and we want to go to the restaurant in that hotel, again, this is probably considered crazy to some people, but what we will do is we will call each other on our phones and I'll leave my phone on speakerphone next to the monitor and, uh, but turn mute or no. Yeah. Next to the monitor. And then Dave will take his phone and put it on speaker, but mute himself. So that way we can go a further distance. So we're still hearing the monitor, but we can like go to the restaurant that's in the hotel and eat dinner and she's asleep and we can hear everything and make sure that she's okay. I will say we do this in Bhutan. I don't know if I would do it in the U.S. or like other countries. We do it in a place where normally we can still see like it's all outdoor like it's not, how do I say this? It's not an indoor building with rooms in the hotel. It's like an outdoor space. So we can see our one door that goes to our room from the restaurant most of the time. Um, and so we know like no one's going there and we're just listening. So safety really isn't a concern in Bhutan. Whereas in the U.S. I would never do that in like a huge like holiday inn or something. Um, but that is something that has proven to be really helpful for us. Also the same thing, like if we're going with our friends um, to a hotel, we will uh, do that and put the kids to sleep and then we can all go to the lobby together and play games like late at night. So that has also been super helpful. Um, And then just stuff with time change difference. Um, We found that if you can book a flight that doesn't get in in the morning, that's better. So if you have a flight that gets in, you know, maybe one, two, three o'clock, then you just have to get to bedtime. And so that's better for the time change. Um, And then if they're having trouble staying awake to keep them outside, preferably if there's sun, keep them in the sunlight. So like their circadian rhythm is gonna be all thrown off. And so putting them in bright light in the daytime will help orient them that this is now a day, you know, and things are flip-flopping from day to night. And so that also was helpful. With Kinley, it did take 11 days for her to adjust to this time. And so in the middle of the night, when she was trying to adjust to this time zone, we would um, keep the lights dim. We wouldn't interact or engage much. We would take her out of the room um, with very dim lights. We would feed her because normally they wake up because they're hungry because they're used to eating at that time. We would just feed her something simple with, without sugar, just plain Cheerios and milk. We would, uh, read a few books together and then we would do the nighttime routine together again to help signal her 
that it is bedtime and we would tell her it's nighttime, people are sleeping, it's time to go to bed. And then in the morning, we would wake her up um, at least by 7.30 or 8 and say, it's morning time, it's time to wake up and get her outside, you know, so it helped would orient her a little bit more. Man, I am learning so much from all of this advice. Obviously, I don't have kids, so I can't quite apply any of it yet, but there's so much insight and wisdom. From one international traveler to another, here is my friend, Chelsea. So we have a 12-month-old, and we've been traveling with him since he was about four months old. We've done road trips in our camper, multiple flights, both domestic and international. We just really love traveling, and he goes along with us. I will say that traveling with an infant is really tough, but I promise you can do it. You just have to be a little bit more prepared, um, and it's just totally doable. So here are are some of my tips that have made traveling with an infant a little bit easier. So first, I will say with kids, there's absolutely no such thing as being overprepared, whether that's with multiple snacks, food, um, extra bottles, toys, anything like that. Just plan to be overprepared and you would rather be overprepared than underprepared, I promise. Um, second is... I would bring and something that worked for us is bringing a new toy on said trip because kids are obviously like infatuated with new things as we all are. Um, and so that just helps entertain them a little bit and it doesn't have to be anything expensive. We get little trinkets and little things like that from the dollar section or like the $5 section, $5 and other under section and like target. Um, so bringing a new toy kind of helps entertainment wise. Third, I would say going through security at the airport can feel like a big ordeal, but the biggest tip for me was wearing our baby. We have an ergo and it like he attaches to like my chest, the ergo baby carrier. So we would wear him or I would wear him and then we would push the stroller. So we have a car seat that attaches to our stroller and so we would push that and I would wear him. And the reason why you want to do that is because you have to break down your stroller and your car seat and put it on the conveyor belt to go through the security, um, the security check. And so it's really helpful to, if you're wearing your child, whether they're sleeping, they're awake, whatever, to be able to do that because you have to bring down your stroller and put your car seat on the conveyor belt. So um, definitely wear your baby, and then you can walk through security with them when you're wearing them. Um, and then as far as the stroller in the car seat, we would just roll that through the airport, probably put our backpacks in the car seat and stroller. Um, and then as soon as we got to the plane and we were boarding the plane, we would gate check the stroller in the car seat. That way, as soon as we got off the plane, we had it. We didn't have to worry about checking them, you know, as luggage and being lost or anything like that. So definitely gate check your stroller and car seat. Um, there's no charge for you doing that. You just have to, before you, you know, get in line to board the plane, you have to get tags for them. So it's no big deal, but you have to do that. 
Um, and then let's see. Oh, you can also board the plane early with kids. So take advantage of that because it is, you know, there's just, it's more cumbersome and there's more to do and put people in their seats and that sort of thing with kids. So do that. And we always did the gate checking of the stroller and car seat. And then our son would be a lap child and we would, he would just sit in our lap. So that was really helpful. Another tip is to fly in the morning. It is simply just easier and it's, you get to where you're going, you know, and it's just, I don't know how to explain it just to say that from experience, it seemed a lot easier and especially there's less people on flights, the earlier the flight. So that also helps as well. Another tip is just to make sure that your car seat has the option that whenever you're, you know, wherever you're going and traveling, you obviously are going to need to put your child. If you're going to be any sort, be in any sort of vehicle, you have to put your child like in a car seat. So if you do that, you want to make sure that your car seat has the loops where you can put the seat, like a seat belt. Um, around and attach it securely like that. That way you do not have to bring the base with you, which is really, really helpful. Another tip is to, if your child is on formula um, and is using formula, then you want to pack the formula in your carry-on bag. You never want to put it in your checked bag because what if your checked bag gets lost or is delayed or anything like that? You just definitely don't want to be without that formula. So put it in your carry-on bag. Another tip is um, if you're going somewhere and they, you know, first ask if they have a crib that you can use or whether it's family, friends or anything, see if they have a crib that you can use or a pack and play there. If they don't, that's okay. Just bring your own pack and play. And we actually travel with an extra mattress for our pack and play as well. We literally just got it off Amazon. It just makes it a little bit more comfortable um, than the Graco pack and play we have. But Bring your pack and play for your baby to sleep in if where you're going does not have a crib or pack and play already there that you can use. And if you're traveling by air, you can actually check that as a bag for free. It doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't count against your bag number or anything like that. Another tip is to bring your own baby monitor. That's something that we tend to easily forget for some reason. Um, I think just because it's all plugged up in his room and everything, but definitely bring your own baby monitor, the one that you're comfortable with, the one that you know how to use. So bring that. And as far as a bottle warmer, this one was always tricky for us because we would be on a plane or be in the car and we had to warm his bottles, right? So um, we would make his bottle and we would have to warm it. He, our son is not a fan of cold milk. He just will spit it all up. <laughs> so we would have to warm his bottles. And what we found to use is something that's called, I believe it's a Tommy Tippy but it's basically just a big thermos and it keeps the water and we heat up water. You know, if we're doing a car trip, we have, we heat up water in the microwave and get it as hot as we can, put it in the thermos and take it with us. This thing lasts and keeps water so hot for hours and hours on end. Um, so we do that. And then another thing that you can do is if you're flying, you know, and you bring your Tommy Tippy thermos, 
bring that. And what we always did is we would, you know, you can't go through security with water in there. So we would have it empty. And at the airport, we would just go to a coffee shop and ask for hot water for our baby bottle. And they would do it for free. They would just fill it up with the hottest water they could. We would take that on the plane. And if it was time for our son to eat while we were on the plane, we would just, you know, use the thermos, pour it in there, put his bottle in there. It was no big deal. It made it super easy. So those are just a few tips that have really helped us in traveling with our infant. All right. Next up is my friend, Gabby. Can't wait to hear what she has to share. Okay, there are just a few tips that I have for traveling with children. Um, If you are flying, then I know when you are taking off, sometimes the air pressure can um, get to our ears and we typically say to chew gum. But if you are traveling with a baby, obviously that's not an option. So what we did was we took a pacifier um, and put in um, our baby's mouth when we uh, were taking off and landing, just in case the switch in air pressure um, caused her any issues or um, anything like that. Another um, thing that I definitely recommend is now that we our kids are older, um, our girls are now, our older girls are now um, getting ready to be six and seven. So we have um, Amazon tablets and anytime we are in the car for a long period of time traveling to another state um, or if we are to fly somewhere, I definitely, definitely recommend tablets. Uh, we don't like to use a ton of technology and they don't typically use them through the week. Um, but when we are in the car, it's kind of a special treat. So they really look forward to it and they stay extremely busy on them, especially since they don't use them very frequently. Um, but that helps a ton with our traveling. Um, another tip I would suggest is, um, if you're traveling with a baby, obviously pack enough diapers for your diaper bag. Um, If it's possible for you to get there and there's a store that you can go to, instead of all of those diapers taking up space in your car or in your suitcase on a plane, I would suggest if there's a store at the place that you're traveling to, um, to wait and get diapers when you're there. Um, And that way you don't have to use up all that space. Uh, So those are just a few tips. I definitely don't recommend packing every single thing for the kids. (laughs) Um, That gets to be a lot and a huge hassle. Um, But definitely packing plenty of snacks, tablets if they're old enough, enough diapers. um, But if you can, purchase diapers when you're there so that they don't take up so much packing space. And then definitely a pacifier um, if you are going to be on an airplane with a baby and um, possibly have some irritation from the air pressure change. And those are the basic tips. I'm sure there's plenty more things, but those are the basics. We love some basic tips around here for sure. Okay, guys, next up, this is my friend Kristen. Hello, my name is Kristen Salt, and I just had a little baby boy a couple months ago, and we, as a family, love to travel. Um, we, my husband and I, have lived in Alaska for the last couple of years. We just moved to Colorado, so we knew as a family that we would 
love to continue to travel all over the country and the world. And so um, the first trip I took with my little baby was back in January. So just, he was about six weeks old and we went to visit uh, my parents in Montana and took him to his first national park, which was so fun. Um, But I think the best tip or the most helpful tip I've received from other moms and other families has been um, to not be afraid to ask for help. And I also just have experienced a lot of help at the airport from strangers, which has been so nice when I'm traveling alone with him. Um, People are really eager to help new moms. And so I would just say, don't be afraid to ask for help. People want to help. Um, Security line went smoothly. Um, It was, it was really nice. So I also would say definitely get TSA pre-check. It is amazing. So that cuts down time. The third tip that I have is to get a pack and play travel crib that is not super heavy, which is kind of hard to find, but the one that I use is called the Guava Family Lotus Crib. It is a bassinet and a pack and play, so you can you can use both, and it's really easy. It folds up into a backpack, um, and you can just wear it on your back while you're pushing your stroller. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say don't be afraid to travel with a kid. Um, you know, I always had people tell me, oh, you're, you know, your life's going to change. Your traveling is going to get harder. Um, you're not going to be able to do that when you have kids. And yes, it's definitely harder. Um, but I would say it is so much richer and deeper and travel, traveling with little kiddos and babies, um, actually, makes the the trip sweeter so don't be afraid mamas so much wisdom y'all even with newborns traveling with newborns is not an impossible task i'm so grateful for all of this advice especially that from Kristen. all right guys next up is my friend katie my biggest advice for traveling with kids if you have little ones our pediatrician suggested to bring a mirror because babies love looking at themselves. I mean, can you blame them? They're really cute. So that was a good suggestion when we traveled with our little ones when they were babies. And then, you know, I know we like to not give our kids a lot of screen time, but I think you can definitely make an exception on an airplane. So iPads, devices, all of those little things are welcome. And for me, I would just bring a bag of toys I don't normally get to play with or something that they haven't seen in a long time. You know, even just going to the dollar store, like this is the exciting little bag that you only get to play with when we go on a trip. And lastly, we loved activity books. So any type of book, again, this is probably something you can find very affordably with stickers and crossword puzzles and games. It's just something to keep them busy and to occupy the time. Finally, we would do something like depending on how long the trip was. So say for example, um, in hour two, you would give them some more toys. And then in hour three, you might give them something else. So don't give them everything all at once. Continue to have new surprises and new toys to keep the attention span and the trip not seem so long and keep them occupied with different activities. I hope that helps. So good. So much advice for how to keep kids entertained, especially on long haul flights. I'm sure you guys are gaining so many little tidbits and things that you can put in your back pocket as you travel with your kids. 
All right, guys, next up is my friend from college. Love her so much. This is Katrina. So we haven't done a ton of traveling with a one-year-old and um, figuring out, you know, post-COVID restrictions and safety and all that. Um, But in the travels we have done, we've taken a few flights and a few road trips. And so um, I would say if you can, um, our biggest thing is we took our flights. They were short, just like one, two hour flights um, during nap time. And so I just gave her a bottle as we started taking off, which helps with her the ear popping and all that. Um, so we gave her a bottle as we were taking off and she slept the whole way. And then we also gave her a bottle right as we were landing. So we kind of woke her up a little bit just to make sure she had that sucking motion to help with her ears. Um, and it was a breeze. So that was our experience with flying was just really timing it with, um, her nap schedule. And then had she had woken up, you know, we had a ton of snacks and, um, we let her run, you know, with supervision rampant through the airport, um, just kind of tracing her up and down to get some energy out, um, and just, you know, exploring. So when it was time to get on the flight, she at that point was tired. So that's how we did our air travel. Um, we did bring a stroller, checked it at the gate. So when we needed her contained, we could have her contained. Um, but we also were able to just, you know, it made it simpler for us to get through security and all that. Um, and then also if you are pumping or, um, any of that, they were super open. I just had all of her snacks and her, um, milk in like a separate lunch box with a couple ice packs. And so when I got to TSA, I just opened it for them. I said, Hey, here's what this is. Here's my child. Um, and they had no, no qualms with it. So I guess they can test it should they need to for whatever. Um, but I just had it all in one separate compartment with her, um, her pouches and things like that to make it easier on our end. So that's how we did that with, um, milk and pouches and food for Emmy. And then, um, when it came to driving, we've done a ton of road trips with her that are about eight hours or so long. Um, it's, yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's more difficult, especially as she's getting older and not more <laughs> likely to sleep the whole time. Um, and so what we do with that is we have purchased like a $40, um, plug-in refrigerator that is off Amazon and, um, you can plug it into your car and keep bottles cold. And so for whatever reason, our daughter likes cold bottles. And so that's been huge for us, um, is we have her, you know, bottles cold the whole time. And the fridge has been like my favorite thing we've purchased for our baby (laughs) just for like nighttime feedings and things like that, um, are in the fridge. So we have that. It's used for both in the car and in the house. You just switch the adapter. Um, and then additionally, you know, just planning your trip ahead to again, how, what's our schedule like? So if we're driving down to SoCal for us, we'll try to leave, you know, around 4am to get her up, put her straight in the car. So when she wakes up, we've got an hour or so, and then we'll take a, you know, like a nice lunch or breakfast break or whatever. Um, and then we'll put her back in the car and pray for the best. Um, but at the same time, you know, new toys, new books, um, the little pop-it fidget things. Uh, she, you know, obviously wants to eat while we're driving, but we do our best to not let her just safety wise. Um, so we just kind of plan our trip based off of, okay, we know there's um, going to be a park here or an area to run here, or, you know, let's have lunch at this time and nap at this time and things like that. So we try to get most of our driving done while she's asleep. Um, and our flying at the same time, that's been like our easiest thing. We know it's not always doable, um, because she definitely wakes up and, and she screams, but at the end of the day, she, she's okay. Right. Like, um, our kids are going to scream at times and that's just life. And everyone who's been there understands. And if they haven't yet been there, they might roll their eyes at you, but that's okay. Um, do your thing, keep moving on and get to your destination because it'll be, it'll definitely be worth it. So 
Um, don't let the fear of kids stop you from traveling and exploring because those are some fun, fun adventures. So, so good. Also, so many of my kids literally have my kids. Oh, my word. No, so many of my friends literally have the cutest kids on the face of the planet, including all of the kids of my friends who've been on this podcast so far today. All right, you guys, last but not least, this is my friend Kayla. She has traveled the world quite literally with her babies, and um, she and her husband do it so well, and I knew she was going to have a lot to share. So buckle up and let's hear from Kayla. So when you're looking at a destination, search for family-friendly bloggers in that area. So go on Instagram or wherever, do things like hashtag Orlando moms blog or wherever you're going. Look for moms in that area. Look for parents in that area. Um, You can even go on Pinterest. That's a really great resource for all kinds of family-friendly blogs. Look for where locals take their kids to eat or the playgrounds. They have the best recommendations. So that's definitely at the top of my list. When you're looking at Airbnbs, VRBOs, HomeAways, the most important thing I think is looking for a place that has a washer and dryer. This makes your packing super light, um, so you don't have to pack even a large suitcase. You could try and just do it all in a carry-on so you could just wash um, your clothes. It also gives you um, a kitchen or at least like a kitchenette so you can cook a meal during nap times or breakfast so you don't have to like get the kids all packed up and go. And some of these rentals, they even offer pack and plays, car seats, high chairs, cribs, strollers, toys, all the things. So I I think they're a little bit better um, for family-friendly vacations than hotels, but that's just my opinion. There are some great hotels too. Call ahead and see if those hotels um, have fridges. Sometimes they even have microwaves. Get them put in your room when you get there. You can get extra cots. Sometimes if you're really nice, you can get them for free, but most of the time cots are an extra fee. Um, Even some hotels will have strollers and car seats you can borrow. Um, If you're by the water, they'll have water toys. Also, utilize hotel kids clubs. They are licensed professionals and have a whole schedule of fun activities for your kids. You could also even get in like a date with your partner um, without the kids on your vacation. So that's good too. Uh, Rental cars. Call ahead and see if they have car seats available to reserve with your reservation. So then you don't have to bring your car seat with you or booster seat. Some of them already have them. Um, but they don't have a lot, so call ahead and make sure you find out if they have availability. Gate agents. Gate agents, be kind to these people. Be encouraging. <laughs> Do all the nice things to these people. Um, one of the biggest tips I have is to, if you have an infant in on your lap ticket, go up to your gate agent when you get there and see if they have any empty seats on the plane and request to be moved to that so that your little one has a little place to move around or even nap and you don't have to hold them the whole time. Um, There's often at least one empty seat on a plane and they can adjust um, you to it. So that's a big one. They can also check your stroller, car seat, um, etc. at the gate. So if you want to keep your kids strapped in um, from 
through security to your gate, you could just gate check it there, or you could check it straight to your destination as well, um, all for free. Some airlines do approve car seats um, on the airplane, make sure that it's FDA approved, but um, that's also nice for when they're really little and that they'll just stay strapped in and sleep. Um, that's a good one. But airlines, when you get to the airport and you have a pack and play, you have stroller, car seat, all those things, those are all free to check. So drop them off if you don't need them because it's less stuff. You have all your hands when you're going through security to get to your gate, get food, all the things. Also, little tidbit, pack and place have extra room for things like extra pairs of shoes or clothes. Like if my bag is overweight a little bit, I will shove some stuff in that pack and play bag. <laughs> um, flight attendants, be kind to your flight attendants um, as they are, you know, more willing to give you grace if you're kind. Um, uh, one time, you know, I've seen where if a kid is crying, they will even come and console your kid and even walk with your kid um, if you want them to. <laughs> uh, when the seatbelt sign is off, get up and walk. Walk up and down the aisle. Um, don't block people, but be kind, but walk them up and down the aisle. Let them say hi to everybody. You know, like that's, that's an okay thing to do. Um, international flights. If you're on an international flight with a baby, call ahead and request the bassinet seat. They have some seats on international flights that have bassinets that fold down. So when there's no turbulence, you can just lay the baby in those. And that is very helpful um, for really long flights. Like if you're flying from the U.S. to Australia or something. Um, snacks. That's the most important part. Bring snacks. Just bring snacks. That's not the most important part. I'll get to that. But snacks. Bring the snacks. Um, suckers are probably my, the greatest thing. Um, they last long, they help with ears, um, all the things. Dollar stores have great toys for this kind of adventure. Window decals that you can stick on the window that they'll play with, um, spinning tops, all the little tiny things. Kids love to be entertained by new toys. So bring something new out every once in a while. Charge your iPads, let your kid enjoy their iPad. No rules with screen time when you're in the air. Like, just enjoy it. It's fine. Um, take off and descending ears. Don't wake your baby. If your baby is asleep, you don't need to wake them to try and make sure that their ears are fine. Their ears will be fine. But if they are awake, suckers or a drink with a straw or a bottle, breastfeed, whatever it is um, for ascending and descending. Descending is worse than ascending since it's a little longer. Um, it takes a little longer. There's another trick um, that some flight attendants will do. They'll warm coffee cups and you can hold them over the ears. That'll help too. Um, soothers. But biggest thing, especially for flying, is grace. This is the most important thing that you can have in your tools when you're traveling. Crying fussy kids have been traveling forever. It is not going to last forever. This, there is an end. I wish that I would told myself this on many, many flights. Um, but give yourself grace. Give your partner grace and give your kid grace. Um, grace, grace, grace. That's all I can say is like, 
be kind to each other, um, even though you want to cry and scream yourself sometimes. Um, but sometimes you get a whole flight and I flew once from um, the US to Australia, which is like an 18 hour flight and not once did my baby cry. I got off that flight and people said they didn't even know I had a baby. So sometimes you get lucky but sometimes you do have the crying pussy kid and just give yourself grace for it. Um, it's been happening for a long time. Your kid is not the first one. You can bring milk and formula through without a limit. So fill those bottles and put them in a small cooler bag. There is no limit. They'll just swab them through security. Um, they cannot take those. If you're breastfeeding, um, if you're pumping, all that milk, they cannot throw away. They cannot so even if you're pumping, you've traveled um, to a different state for, for work or whatever, and you are breastfeeding and you pump and you don't have your baby, you can still bring that breast milk through. Um, so advocate for yourself um, and for your baby. Um, another way to pack really light is things like diapers, formula, wipes, anything you can buy at a store, don't pack a lot of it, get it there. So if you're at a hotel, you can have it delivered, talk to your concierge, use, um, you know, Uber or Postmates, whatever it is. Um, you can always have things delivered or you can go out yourself. This stuff takes up so much of your room. So if you really can't, if you really don't need to bring it, don't do it. Um, I traveled once to roll Bali and found diapers and milk. I didn't pack those things so I think that is another really important thing to pack lightly you want to pack lightly because you need all the hands you don't want to be exhausted lugging around luggage and pack in place and strollers and car seats and also trying to take care of kids and snacks and all the things so try and limit all the things that you have to hold and pay attention to and be responsible for by utilizing all of these different tools. Okay, one more. When we were traveling a lot with our kids, um, with our youngest, and we still needed like uh, the car seat, I bought a travel, a car seat travel cart. A car seat travel cart, I bought mine off of Amazon for like $50. It is this foldab foldable um, cart that has wheels so I can attach the car seat and it becomes um, movable. So I didn't bring my stroller to a lot of different places. I would just use the car seat as my stroller. Um, and people stop me all the time about this one. This one I found was super important with traveling so that you're not bringing a stroller and a car seat. It's also easy when you're traveling somewhere and you don't have a rental car and you're taking like Ubers or car services, whatever you can still have your car seat um, and it's super easy to get them in and out of the car with the travel cart. Honestly, you guys, my mind is blown. I knew that my friends were going to come through with some really good insight and wisdom and tips and tricks and all of that, but 
they went above and beyond. And I just feel so grateful to call all of these people friends in my life. So hopefully this episode has been super helpful to you. I am obviously passionate about travel. You guys know that about me. I have a travel planning business, etc, etc. But I don't know much about traveling with kids simply because that's not my season of life. But I knew that I could tap the shoulders of some of my friends who've gone before me and who've done the dang thing and that you know, they could share with you guys. And so hopefully you found this encouraging and insightful and you've written down some notes as to how you can start traveling more with your kids, whether it's, you know, a road trip or an international flight, whatever it may be. Um, I just hope and pray that this episode has been helpful to you. Um, And I know I've got some stuff now in my back pocket for the day if slash when I end up having kids of my own. So you guys, this has been super fun. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. I hope that the content in this episode has encouraged and inspired you to step out and say yes to the things that God has for you. And hey, while I've got your attention, I would absolutely love it if you went ahead and subscribed, rated, and reviewed Wild Hearts with Janine. It would honestly mean so much to me. I'll see you guys back here when the next episode drops. But until then, keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith.